You are listening to All Things Sustainable, where we unpack topics related to sustainable living, as well as how to apply specific actions to your own life. I'm your eco-living coach and podcast host, Katie Kirpanik. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. We are back with our second bonus podcast episode about back-to-school season and living sustainably. These are just a few bonus episodes in between season two and season three. Season three will be launching officially in September, so that's about one month from right now. If you missed the first episode, you will definitely want to go back, stop this one, go back right now and listen to it because I officially introduced Tiffany, um, my friend and guest speaker in this episode. She's been on the podcast earlier as well in season two because she is the owner of Juniper Seed Mercantile, which is a zero waste shop in Colorado and also a manufacturer of lots of sustainable products. And in that episode, we both go back and forth sharing our best tips and tricks that we could think of as a parent's perspective and also former teacher's perspective about low waste school supplies, lunches, snacks, a bunch of DIY hacks, you name it. So that is all in the first episode. And today we are just picking right up where that conversation left off and diving into today's topic, which is about clothing and backpacks. Tiffany is full of amazing ideas, and I'm so excited that we got to chat about this and share all of these tricks with you. I hope that you find this episode supportive in your sustainable journey. When we talk about the word sustainable, we are aiming for a lifestyle that is sustainable for you, for me, for us, meaning it is something that we can actually maintain. These are habits that we can incorporate into our daily lives. Typically, they should be affordable and less stressful. It should relieve a lot of burdens on your plate. And then, of course, it is better for the planet. If you want to receive the emails that are going out with these bonus podcast episodes, um, or if you even just want to receive my weekly Sustainable Sunday emails where I send out some eco hacks and kind of what's new on the podcast and other supportive things that I feel like you should know, then you can sign up for those with the link in the show notes or just go to my website, thatminimallife.com. Right on the homepage, you will be able to just put in your email into the little box that shows up there, and then that's it. Once you hit submit, then you're in and you will receive those each week. And then it'll also send you a freebie, a five simple step starting guide to living with less waste right into your inbox just for signing up. You will also be among the first to know of something that is really big that I'm launching in less than a week now. I mentioned this in the previous episode and I'm not going to give too many details away, but I cannot wait to share this big, big thing that I have been working on with you all. It is geared towards families, caretakers. If you are a parent or expecting to be a parent or you know somebody who is this will be of interest to you. I am officially opening up a shop on my That Minimal Life website. And so this thing that will be there will be available for you to give you a ton of support when it comes to raising a sustainable family. And it will also give you an opportunity to join a community so that you don't feel alone in this journey. I can't wait to share more with you in less than a week. Sign up for those emails if you can, and you'll be among the first to know. Okay, with all that said, let's dive right into today's topic. Well, let's talk about clothes and backpacks because, you know, just most of the time, I feel like when families are getting into back to school season, especially if they have kids that are like, you know, actively growing year after year, they have a lot Mm -hmm. of growth spurts. They're going to be going through 
you know, uh, clothing. So thinking through what they're going to be wearing backpacks, um, that'll kind of be like this topic for some tips. So of course, like I said before with supplies, I think my first tip that I'm always going to lead with is like shopping secondhand as much as possible. And just like a handful of places that I would throw out there as ideas, thrift stores, you know, they're pretty common all over the place, being able to look there as a starting point. But I've also been having a lot of luck recently on like Facebook marketplace and then, um, or even apps like Poshmark that sell clothing online. Um, I know that for especially older, maybe like high school students, that would be a good app to turn to. And then garage sales these days, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I feel like every single garage sale I go to anymore, it's just kids stuff. It's like kids clothing, kids gear, baby gear, that kind of stuff. So I feel like that is a really good place to turn to for kids clothes. Mm -hmm. And then, um, if you want to do things that are also like free, then, um, you can go online and search for buy nothing groups, like B-U-Y, buy nothing. And on Facebook, I know of at least two that I'm a part of in Colorado. Um, there's like free community Colorado and free in Denver. And those places you can just post what you need and people will just keep circulating things to each other with no cost. And then it's a great way to do maternity clothes too. Yes. Yes. I love that. And then the last thing I thought for free too, is like you could either find or host a clothing swap. So you could do that within the school, maybe get like the school on board in hosting that during back to school season. If you have that kind of connection, Um, Or you could just organize it within like your own neighborhood, but bringing together a bunch of families that just want to swap clothing is Mm -hmm. such a great way to tap into all that's available out there um, and not have to go buy anything new. Yeah, agreed. Um, Another idea is to join a Facebook group that is uh, parents of students who go to the school that your kids go to. Oh, yeah. um, The school that my kids uh, go to or, or have gone to. Um, the seniors or kids who are just growing and they grow out of their clothes, they have a lot of like the expensive, like school hoodies and t-shirts and, um, you know, track suits and things like that for, you know, for the different sports that they all play. And those things are really, they add up when your kids are in sports. It is just crazy how, you know, you've got to buy the cleats and the helmets and the, uh, you know, everything. And if you join one of those groups, a lot of times the parents who say, you know, their kids are getting bigger or they're graduated or something, they'll say, I have size small, or I have, you know, cleats in size eight and a half. So that's a really nice way to get good equipment and good clothes, um, for cheap or free. Yeah. I love that point with the sports equipment too, because yeah, all of that stuff does add up so much. And I think there's a store in Aurora. Have you heard of the store? It's I think called play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a secondhand sports themed store, um, which is awesome. And then a couple other stores I know of, or shops really that are like small and local in Colorado, um, kid to kid is all over the place. And then there's also we cycle W E E cycle. And, uh, both of those places are great for like, especially if you're looking for the younger aged school Mm -hmm. children clothes and even like gear and other things that you might need toys. That's not really school related, but I mean, find a lot there. Mm -hmm. It all adds up. It's so expensive. Yeah. And so much waste. 
yeah, yeah. if you can eliminate either of those two or both mm-hmm. elements then it's a win-win yeah and then donating back to those places too like keep it and <laughs> keep it going keep it in circulation yeah I always encourage, you know, my kids are older and it's cool now to thrift, which I love because there was a phase when they were younger where they were like, I'm not going to wear pants that someone else wore. But now that they have to spend some of their own money and I think the trends have changed and the kids like to do some thrifting now. Um, But I always say you can't come home with more than you brought. So, I mean, I don't have rules for them. They're old enough to make their own choices on that. But I think it's a good way to a good rule to live by. You know, if I'm going to go to the thrift store, I'm bringing a bag with me. Mm-hmm. of stuff that I don't like or want anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing um, that's, that's more or less free is to take inventory of the things that you have. And if you have things that are like um, stained or discolored or dingy, there's so many fun ways to dye them or tie dye them or, you know, fix them up in, in some ways that don't involve sewing you and I did that fun plant-based tie-dye workshop, which I loved. And um, my son has a pair of white Converse tennies from last year that look like they've been run over by a truck, which is probably <laughs> true. <laughs> and um, and we're going to just dye them. So you can, you can use RIT dye that you can get at the store. It's not a plant-based thing. You can make plant-based dye. But another thing that I think is pretty fun to do with canvas shoes is to tie-dye them with Sharpies. So if you have the colored types of Sharpies um, or just color on them with a black Sharpie, I suppose, but colored Sharpies are dissolvable in alcohol. And so what I had done with pair of shoes that I did, um, you know, if you draw dots or draw designs, you know, big polka dots and things, and then use an eyedropper with rubbing alcohol and just sort of drop the alcohol on the dye, um, it'll make it spread and make your colors blend together. It's a really fun way to make your shoes look really cool. And then you can go back in with like a white um, Sharpie or white paint marker and draw little stars and make your shoes like galaxy colored, which I think the kids all think is really neat. Oh, I love that. That's super cool. I'm going to have to try that for myself. I feel like another, well, this was just something that I did (laughs) when I was in high school, but I also would take Sharpie and do kind of the same thing on my jeans. I'd never tried that with alcohol, but I did like just if, especially if my jeans were starting to get old or faded or whatever, then I would just like decorate all over them with Sharpies and I would do that with my friends. And then I kept wearing them, even though they were old jeans, now they were kind of like fun old jeans. Yeah, absolutely. And making patches, I think is really fun too. If you uh, don't mind using a needle and thread or doing a little bit of mending, um, you can real easily put like a you know, a colored fabric, like a bandana or something like that, um, under the hole, um, and like in the knee of your jeans, you know, you trim out all the threads and then put the fabric on there and then do like a fun little embroidery stitch around it is kind of fun. Um, there's lots of books and like Pinterest boards and things like that about visible mending, which is a fun way of, um, taking your mending project. And instead of like, my grandmother was always very particular about having invisible stitches. She wanted it to look like it had never been repaired. And that's really intimidating to think about it like that. Yeah. I like the Punky Brewster style, you know, where everything is just like wild colors and visible stitches and stuff like that. That makes it really fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that because then you can get really expressive and artistic with it. Like you can have a fun color or patterned patch that just like stands out on the rest of your clothing and 
Yeah. But once and then, you get started on that, you just keep going. So now yes. that you know how to sew a patch on, you can lengthen a pair of jeans for like kiddos who girls, especially, I think, um, just go like noodles, you know, they don't, they don't grow in all their dimensions at the same rate. They just grow like taller. And so a lot of times their pants are too short. It's so easy to just add a ruffle of clever, you know, cute pattern fabric and at the bottom of the cuffs of your pants. And then mm. they're brand new again for a whole nother year. That is so fun. I feel like that would be really fun on like the, well, I think those wide leg, um, jeans or what are they called? Like the, not bell bottoms, but kind of, they're kind of coming back into style too. Yeah. And so then that would be fun to just like keep the flare going with some kind of cuff at the bottom. I think like in the seventies, they would uh, cut the knee off, cut, cut it at the knee and remove all of that stuff and then replace it with like a new kind of skirted look at the bottom. Ooh, that's really fun. Um, There are so many patterns online of ways that you can take clothes that's too big, you know, like a men's dress shirt. There's many, many, many patterns of things, fun things that you can make out of an old men's dress shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, Just more than I can even describe for you. Uh, And unfortunately, most of them are for little girls because it's so easy to make, um, or at least people who wear dresses, um, to make sort of a, a, a boxy triangular shaped thing with like little skinny straps super cute tops and dresses and things like that. It doesn't take a ton of skill, but there's also like joggers with drawstrings. You can take like the the arms of the men's dress sleeve and use that little cuff as the cuff for the joggers. There's all kinds of really cute ideas. That's so fun. I feel like these would all be really, really great like party ideas too. Mm -hmm. Like I know that you at your store, you host the make mend and mingle events. Um, and that seems like so much fun to go to, but then like people could do that. I mean, with your kids, you could have them invite some friends over and then everybody just gets to work on like one of those sort of DIY crafts or, or more, depending on how much time you have, and then go into the school season with like, an entire group of friends wearing things that they've created and feel really proud of. I think that'd be so much fun. I think so too. And you can make backpacks too out of old jeans. So just like the waist part of the jeans, you know, there's different modifications you can do and put straps on them. And those are kind of fun too. Okay. Well, and speaking of backpacks, I uh, am going to link this again in the episode description so people can find it. But I found a fun article that has like all these different types of sustainably made backpacks. If people, you know, don't want to make their own or they can't really find what they want secondhand, then I always point people to if you're buying new, then like what kind of small business or ethical, sustainable business can you support? And so this one in particular, you know, some of the backpacks were made out of like very hard to recycle materials. So Mm -hmm. that was just turned into a like the vinyl billboards. Yeah. And then others, uh, well, yeah, there's that there's, um, I think one of them was made with like so many uh, plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. And then one of them was made with like a vegan alternative to leather. So especially if your kids are in high school or something, and they're looking for something that's more stylish, but they want that to be in line with their ethics, like they had those types of options. Um, And then there were also just more like sustainable fabric types, like there was hemp and organic cotton and um, I can't remember what else, but lots of different options on there. So it's fun when you're like, okay, if you want to buy something new, then you can have something that now kind of makes a statement about like your own ethics. And also you put your money where your mouth is and you feel really like proud of that. Yeah. I love those ideas. And to just play devil's advocate on this one, this might not be a popular idea, 
but I have had to throw away some backpacks because my kids leave their lunches in there and they get just moldy and gross, like damaged beyond repair. And um, so I went through a phase where I couldn't really justify buying expensive, you know, ethically produced backpacks. Luckily, the string bag was hip and trendy enough that uh, and easy to produce. So you can just make, you know, a drawstring bag out of whatever fabric you have or buy some cute fabric. And when you run the drawstring through, you're going to like fold over the top and make that little channel that the drawstring goes into. Um, but then also a grommet down at the lower two corners of, or a hole or a knot or something, a button, you know, any sort of fastener down there at the bottom. And that's what gives you the backpack straps. So when you cinch your bag shut like this, then the two strings on either side become the backpack straps and you can put those in the washing machine. Oh, smart. I like that a lot. Yeah. And also thinking about those, (laughs) like how gross it can get. I mean, teaching first grade. Oh my goodness. I got so many nasty smells coming out of like their little cubbies. And I'd go over and I'm like, okay, we got to figure out whose backpack this is. Yes. Like (laughs) what is happening over here? But maybe if they like made this backpack, if it's like a homemade thing, maybe the, I don't know, I would be hopeful that like my own kiddos would be conscious to not leave food in there or like they wouldn't want it to get ruined. The funny thing is um, that I have observed is that kids are embarrassed when they let their food rot in the backpack and then they won't even claim it. So I'll have like, whose backpack is this? Like nobody leaves the room until somebody claims this backpack and they won't do it. And I said, don't make me get in there and smell your rotten milk and then pull the notebook out with your name on it. Um, I leave this right here. And I hope that by the end of the day, somebody sneaks this backpack home with them or at least into the garbage and it would always go. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody would come back for it and be like, oh man, she's going to pull my notebook out with my name on it. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 But you can't recover from spilled milk in the backpack. No, it's so bad. It's so bad. Okay. So I like, I like your washable backpacks idea (laughs) or like the drawstring bad idea. That seems really useful. Definitely just check Pinterest. Um, If you use words like clothing redesign or thrifting or upcycling or free cycling, Um, there's all kinds of collections that people have already put together of fun ideas of easy clothes to make out of other clothes. Love it. Yeah. I think that would be so much fun. Cool. Well, let's dive into our final part to this series is really focused on minimizing waste within the classroom. There you go, my friends. That is where I'm going to leave you hanging for now as we wrap up part two of this bonus series of three episodes for back to school season and sustainability. Tomorrow, the final episode, part three, will be up and live and you can pick up this conversation where we talk about minimizing waste within the classroom. If you are a parent or a caretaker, don't dismiss this episode just because you're not a teacher or you don't work in a school. This definitely applies to you. This is the episode where we kind of tie everything together and talk about how parents, families, the community within a school can all work together to make more sustainable changes and impacts and involving our students, our kiddos as well. This conversation has been so much fun to have with Tiffany. I hope you've been enjoying it so far and I am excited to release the final part tomorrow. 
Again, you can check the show notes for all the different resources, everything we talked about and mentioned that will be linked in that episode description, as well as information for how you can follow up with Tiffany if you're interested in what she does. And then if you also want to be in the know about what is launching next week with That Minimal Life, um, a huge support is coming for families as you strive to live sustainably and also are looking for a community that you can be connected in. You can learn all about that by signing up for my weekly emails, thatminimallife.com. The homepage gives you a box where you can put in your email, and then that's it. You are joined. That's all you need to do. And to thank you for joining, you will receive a five-step freebie with five steps for living sustainably to just get you started on your journey. I am so excited to be in this with you. Thank you for everything that you are doing. You're juggling so much. If you're listening to this and you are dealing with all of the things that come with raising kids and your family and managing your day-to-day life and this back-to-school season, whew, take a deep breath. Remember to drink some water, get some rest, take care of yourself as you can, and I will see you back again tomorrow.